five, four, three, two, one. All right. What's up, Noah? What's up, Clara? Welcome to the pod. Welcome, welcome to the pod. Oh, my goodness. Thank, thank you. You're welcome. You know what? Welcome to the pod, Clara. Thank you. Man, I, let me tell you, I'm excited for this episode. I'm very excited. For th- like, this episode has been long awaited, I feel like. It has been. And you know what? What? We've got some good segments today. Oh, yeah. We've got some good topics. Good topics. We're going to learn something today. Yep. But first. Life. life updates <laughs> that was really good all right Claire what's been happening um <laughs> okay life updates so actually um my friend Maddie yeah Madeline Childs she came home for the weekend but I was like I'm not gonna see her until tonight because we're getting dinner tonight mm-hmm. I'm driving up the hill and she's doing hill repeats no. on the hill so we have a friend reunion in the middle of the street that's incredible. That's like a movie moment. It was a movie know? moment. That's not really a life update, but it was yeah, something happened. that just happened to me. Dang. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if I have. I applied for Iowa State. Already? Yeah. Wait, you're going next year though, right? Yeah. Or this semester? Next, or this next semester? Next year. Okay. Got you. So, yeah. Oh, and I went to um, Iowa State Salt yesterday. How was that? It was really good. I saw it on your B-reel actually. I was going to oh. ask you. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. And a guy that I know, Nick Harsh, I don't know if anyone knows who that is, but shout out. he, um, shout out to Nick Harsh. He used to go to my church and he like helped my dad a lot. And he talked about relationships, which was really oh, good. Oh, he was a speaker? Yeah. Dang. He was a speaker. Nice. And then I ran into like a couple people I knew and it was nice. It's very good. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I, this last week, my highlight was, uh, I went to the Grandview basketball game. Oh, Grandview I heard University. about that. Against Faith, right? Yep. Against Faith and Grandview won big. But Josh, my boy Josh, shout out Josh, Josh Anderson. Anderson. He uh, got to play a lot. And oh. uh, he's redshirting, so he only gets a certain amount of games. Yes. And so he played. And so Josh uh, uh, Josh listens to the pod. He does? Oh, yeah, he does. Oh. And uh, so like back in high school, way mm-hmm. back in the day. <laughs> Last year. He... Uh, <laughs> Actually, last May, he uh, he's a crazy shooter, like mm-hmm. super good shooter. Crazy. And so when he like he can like shoot from half court and just like drain them. So mm-hmm. we were saying from uh, we were saying like to the faith guys, like you got to guard him at half court. Like we were yeah. we were yapping yeah. a little yeah, yeah, bit. Yeah. And so he made his first three with like three minutes left in the game, and we just went nuts. And he had a great game. So that's beautiful. It was. A lot Wish of I was fun. there. I should come to one sometime. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was pretty hype. And then. Uh, what else happened? I brought my brother Kane into basketball practice. Oh, that's and, fun! Uh, <laughs> and he, uh, he he's playing basketball, and um, yeah, it's fun. That is fun. So, uh, we just did the where you been? Where you going? Where are you going? What's happening this week? Um, not much is happening. Well, this weekend, I guess I'm just gonna hang with Maddie. I just started. Okay, this is kind of like. I guess this is kind of where I'm going. Okay. Um, I just started. I bought a new devotion okay. by Jackie Hill Perry called Upon Waking. My okay. dad recommended it. It's apparently she, it's like new. I'm only on day two. Okay. But it's really, really good because I like the way she speaks. It's very like poetic. Yeah, she does. She's a good speaker. So I'll let you guys know when I finish it. 
That's but good. I already recommend it, and I'm only is it on like a two. book you read, or do you like write stuff like a journal? Um, type it's thing? just like a, it's like you don't write anything, but I mean, I still mark it up. Yeah, but um, it's just really good. And like she started it off by just saying like, you know, sometimes devotionals can't just be all like the happy, mm-hmm. you know, trying to make your day start off. You know, yeah. you need the real stuff. So it's really good. Nice. Yeah. What well, about you? Where are you going? Um, this week I got basketball practice starting and basketball, you pretty much die the first week and regret playing. So we're doing that. And then, uh, hmm. Tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to the play tonight. Oh, that's going to oh, be hype. For Yeah. Yeah. The fantastic fall funnies. And mm. then, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, wait, no way. I think our special guest is walking. He's walking the in door. right now. Yep. <laughs> He's Whoa. sitting down. No. Oh, it's the Rob Siler. Yo, yo, yo. We didn't know what if we could call it you, Rob, or Mr. Siler. Uh, prefer, prefer, uh, prefer. <laughs> I prefer the Reverend. Reverend Sai. Rev. Rev yeah. Sai. Now you can call me whatever. Dr. Reverend. In this room, in this context, you can, if you really want to call me Rob, you can True. call me Rob, Clara. I, just, I can't. You're, you're out. I'm out. But I'm back in. Wonton <laughs> might have to still call me by my I formal name. I got a class in about two hours. Well, until then, I mean, technically, oh, yeah? you're off the grid. <laughs> yeah, so you can call me whatever. Let's go. True. No, it's great to be here. I'm glad. With all you PYP peeps. Yes. So, Sai, tell us about uh, the when I texted you during the summer. What was what was happening? I said, "Hey, Sai, do you want to be on the podcast?" I think I was in. I think I was in Belgium. Uh, it was either Belgium <laughs> or Netherlands. When you uh, shout text. out Netherlands, shout out to the Netherlands. Netherlands. I love the Dutch people. So, if there's anybody from the Netherlands here, I was in your place. My, my great grandpa. Your great grandpa. His name. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> no, Tunis. It's Tunis. Parents are Tunis. Oh, Tunis. Grandpa Tunis. Oh, that's kind of cool. He died at 102. Yeah, I was in Amsterdam. And oh my then we goodness. Went to uh, Harlem, which is where the Ten Boom House was. Harlem Globetrotters. Y- yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to my Dutch friends. Let's go. How long were you there? Uh, we, we were in Belgium for a couple of days, Netherlands for a couple of days and, uh, Deutschland, Germany for a couple of days. So yeah. four, six, something like that. Somewhere yeah. Nice. I don't know. You kind of lose track. We just, yeah. just, just living live life. Yeah. So sorry, if the people don't know, uh, what do you do? Who, what's kind of your personality? And then we have a fun question at the end. What do I do? Like, is like, this like one of these, like existential questions i need to answer with great depth like what are what, no who are, what, you? who are you no like who what's your you job what's your what's occupation your identity? what do you place your value yeah, in? Um, all that stuff or just like i'm a teacher just like yeah <laughs> pretty lame for a podcast but you're a well, uh, i'm what? a bible teacher yeah <laughs> i've been a bible teacher at a, the same christian school for 24 years wow Man. was not the dream was not the script <laughs> And we'll get into that oh, a little bit later. Okay. A little but bit yeah, later. I've taught here in, in this building for 24 years. Wow. Well, we had a little hiccup in that we moved buildings. Oh, yes, back, yes. But yes, 24 yes. years at Grand... Am I allowed to say yeah. names of organizations okay, and stuff? Sure. Or do you have to edit that? No. Okay. Grandview Park Baptist School mm-hmm. originally. Uh-huh. And then Grandview Christian School. But same organization. Let's go. So have you been in this room before? 
a studio. No, it's funny you ask because like very few people know about your studio here, which is totally legit. One of Thank the you. best things about it, it has it has a window. It's true. Yes. It trees. Does this inspire you? Sometimes like, I'll be talking and I'll you just look at it. Do you ever see a squirrel like just peering in? No. No, but I do have a story about what? this room. This back in the day when I first started local church ministry, yeah, uh, was a staging area for a huge, a huge production at the what? church here. Yeah, really? huge production. Oh. Have you ever heard of a wana? Oh, okay. <laughs> I've you, heard of a wana. Have you heard of cubbies? Yeah, of course, I've heard of cubbies. C- can you believe that I was part of cubbies as a leader? And no. I had a special, I had a special role. What was that? Were you the bear? I was the puppet guy. <laughs> and like, the, like everybody wanted to be like, who was that? Who's, who was that it guy? It was me. And we were very like the truth clandestine about the puppets. They, oh. all the kids were convinced they were real. And we mm. never told them there was a person behind the curtain. The person was me. And we tricked the kids all the time. Oh my Cause goodness. I would like crawl out of the curtain, come back into the room where all the kids were sitting and they're like, Mr. Rob, you miss Cubby Bear again. I was like, no way. <laughs> but there, I mean, we did this for years. There was always some kids that you could see. They knew. And they would look at me like, you are such an imposter. <laughs> but they never called me out by God's grace. But yeah, so That's I was hilarious. I was the voice. I did all the voices. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you want to hear a couple of voices? Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is the uh, Cubby Bear voice. <laughs> okay. Hey, everybody, this is Cubby Bear. It's great to see all you kids this week. I see Joseph out there. Which is, which is wow. creepy. Wow. I, I really well, couldn't see them, but oh, I knew wow. he was out there. That's and nice. the kids, you could hear them gasp. And I would hear them whisper, he knows you, Joseph. <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like God. Cubby Bear and, knows. Yeah. And then I had Ernie Elephant. Okay. I mean, I had voices. Yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> this is Ernie Elephant. That's very elephant. I feel yeah. like, yeah. I yeah. can picture that in my mind. <laughs> and I had the zebra. I don't know what the zebra. I feel bad. Zippy? Zed? Zebedee? <laughs> Zebedee. Zed- Zebediah? Zade? Zadok? I don't know what his Zadok. name was. Could have been. Zebra. But he was like the zebra. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm running around on the savannah grassland. <laughs> I was just chased by a lion. Yeah, I did a... That's pretty awesome. You should also, be a voice actor. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's my next. Maybe Your that's next what God. Maybe God just used you to yeah. call me to explore that. Hollywood, here I come. Yeah. Sorry, Grandview. Sorry, Noah. I can't finish your senior year. Yeah. Man. I'm out of here. He is going to be a voice actor. Zadok the Zebra is just. Yes. That was a shout. A little shout out to a lock there. That was the first shout oh, out maybe. of the podcast. Mm. You don't know him. No, I don't. Okay. Anyway. He's a what? pretty chill dude. Yeah, his name's Zadok. We call him Zade. What am I missing out? Who is he? He's a pretty legendary kid. He's one of my. He's one. Kanan's one of one of Kanan's best friends. Yep. He's a oh. football card. You know, when you guy. leave and you graduate, you just you, it's kind of sad. Like you're not part of us anymore. <laughs> I know. But it's okay. God's taking you different places. I still you, live you, at home. <laughs> so you're literally just down the street here. You can just show up. <laughs> I come here the day. every Sunday for church. We do see you. I miss you. Yeah. It's kind of nice. We develop these relationships and then see ya. I know. Well, that's just life. Yeah, God, it is God life. uses it. It is life. So, anyway, you get my sister. You get Ruby. <clears throat> I, you know what? I'm enjoying getting. So shout out Rubes, or maybe I shouldn't call her Rubes. No, call her Rubes because I think maybe she gets disgusted. No, if I, call her Rubes. Okay, sorry Ruby, if I just disgusted you by calling you Rubes, but <laughs> everybody gets a nickname. Noah is Wonton. Clara C Dalla. Ruby, I. Rubes. I, mean, I can it's... call you Red Slippers or something, or but that would be really weird. So. Rubes. <laughs> 
Anyway, no, I'm getting, I'm enjoying Rubik's getting Cube is what my dad calls her. Ooh, but then I'd be stealing trends. So. Mm, yeah. I got to come up with my own. Hmm? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's who I am. It's what I do. It's my passion. I, mm. I really honestly didn't script that. Um, actually had a, a strong aversion to being a Christian school teacher. So, wow. Yeah, but God changes things and yeah. he's sovereign in his providence. He's for us. So, sir. All right. Here's an important question. One that a listener, Max, shout out Max Bedwell. He uh, is a big Tasty Tacos fan. And so I just want to get your opinion. What's your order if you go? What's kind of going on with your Tasty Tacos run? Uh, first of all, I, I do love the Tasty Tacos. Um, shout out to those East Side establishments. Legends. There's a couple just of them. Great. Just. When I first came to Iowa, I was not actually a fan. Uh, really? Yeah. I It was okay, and but it just kind of grew on me, and I really loved it. Um, but my <laughs> wife grew up. She's a resident. She's a native East Sider, oh, yeah. uh, not Let's far go. from where you live mm-hmm. now. She grew up here, um, you know, up until college when we met in college. So she left Iowa. But she was a she was a groupie for Tasty Tacos. Her and her dad, no when she was a little girl, would ride the motorcycle <gasps> to the East 29th Tasty Tacos. So They'd get a bag, ride them back. And I think back then they were like a dollar. I want to say a dollar. What? Yeah. Miss, I miss those days. The original. So, yeah, I'm just an original uh, tasty taco guy. I do like dabbling in the steak once in a while. I, I like the beef, good. but I do like the steak. But I, I have a unique thing that I do with my tacos. What's that? And when I say literally every bite, I mean the word literally every <laughs> bite. I put, I squeeze the hot sauce on every single bite before I eat it. So I have, a, in my right hand, I have the bottle, and I barely even set it down. It's a process. It's every Does single it bite. not overtake the flavor? It does not. That that taco stands on its own. You can't adulterate it. It's just awesome. So adding sauce to it just makes it even better. It's not one of those things where you jeopardize the taste right. by adding stuff right, to it. Right, like, right, right, right. Honestly, like throwing barbecue sauce on a steak, you're like, yeah. you pagan. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. But I, I just love the sauce. It's a good place. I have a funny story about my son, though, at Tasty Tacos, Robbie. What? He was squeezing. This was, he was probably like 12. He was squeezing the bottle. And I, I was watching him, and I knew what was going on. He couldn't get it to come out, and he was uh-huh. starting to continue to squeeze. And there was a seed caught in the top of it. So, oh, so it was about but it was building up the boom. pressure, and he kept squeezing. And right when I opened my mouth to go, "Hey, you might want to like explode it," yeah. <laughs> all over random citizens, <laughs> all over so random yeah. citizens, <laughs> like. Some guy's shoe and a, and somebody's knee on the other table. Oh no! no. We, so we you did what godly people do. We ran. So, yeah. <laughs> we were out of there. Love the tasty tacos. That's awesome. All right. Well, it's time for uh, a short segment. We're gonna sh- we're yeah. gonna do a short segment today. Um, so I, I don't know if you're familiar, but we did a segment called "What Does That Taste Like?" Oh, and you take random objects. And, and you imagine go, what they would taste like. Yeah. Huh. So the first the first uh, object is hairspray. I have tasted that. Yeah, I have. I, I was going to say, 1980s, I have tasted hairspray. So we had clouds of Aquanet. You <laughs> kids don't know what that is. But it was aerosol cans of Aquanet. And both girls and, and guys, guys used it. Because it was the 80s. So Dude, everybody was just... Yeah. We didn't have this cool stuff you guys called product. Uh, <laughs> We had Aquanet. Gel. You would walk into a locker room after a game or something, and it, just, it was just a cloud. If and you just so go I like, tasted it. 
You can I, don't, taste I don't know it. what I would equivocate it to, but I know. Like gasoline and perfume <laughs> mixed together, maybe. I was gonna say like like expired cotton candy or something like that. <laughs> It's yeah. like, it doesn't taste good. It tastes expired. It, yeah. That's a good point. Like, yeah. It's just kind of like. Ugh. It's just like. Yeah. No. No. Bitter. Not a fan. All right. Second one. Ash from a fireplace. <laughs> what does, does that, that taste ta- like? What does it feel like? You know? Mm. We get we get psychological. Well, well, I mean, you could chalk. say like, oh. I have tasted chalk. I have too. <laughs> I feel, I feel like you like would eat it as a kid. You're that kind of girl. I would take the chalk and and on the sidewalk, I would like go like that and then like make it powder. Make a lot. <laughs> Christian cocaine. And then just lick it. lick it. Or I would collect it and put it in a jar and I would call it like like fairy dust. And so I had my little jar of fairy. And I would occasionally. I, res- I respect that. I yeah. like your imagination, your creativity. Some people on the podcast Thanks. might mock that and think you're a wacko. But you know, I just think that's <laughs> so quirky and Thank cool. Thank you. I really like that. Thank you. Yeah. I wasn't like other kids. <laughs> I was licking that's a chalk. Good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> you don't need- Imagine just seeing, like, just driving by and, and Clara's doing Clara. the lines, <laughs> licking the chalk on the ground. <laughs> and she's like, one oh, time, that's good. Okay. I was a crazy child. One time I just like took all the toys in my room and I wrote garage sale and I brought them all out to my front yard and people started like buying, like I was selling my stuff and my mom didn't notice. And no then way. we had to like track some to get my stuff back. It was a sad memory there. <laughs> it was sad. Right. I was just trying to make some cash. Entrepreneur. Yeah. <laughs> Next one is. Your parents shot that down. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Lightsaber. A light. Ooh. Bomb pop. Wait, are you talking about like a literal lightsaber? Yeah. What does a lightsaber taste like? You wouldn't have a tongue. No, No, but imagine. imagine. I was in the literal world. Like if it were like a candy or a food or something. What what color lightsaber are we talking about? The red? Let's just go blue. Like Luke Luke Skywalker. Blue Raspberry Jolly Rancher. Oh. Which is like the third or fourth best flavor of Jolly Rancher. What's watermelon number one. Watermelon is the least best. What? I don't like watermelon. Most. I like what? grape. Grape is my favorite. High f- All right, can we high five? High five. Grape oh, high yeah. five. Grape like. Grape and cherry are really good, bro. But the grape taste isn't like realistic. It explodes. I don't care. Or it's it just, of course good. it doesn't taste like a grape. <laughs> but it's just but there's like. Not, there's no such thing as a blue right. raspberry. Uh, just like when you when you get those lollipop grape lollipops are like the worst. We're talking about Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, Jolly here, Ranchers buddy. and lollipops. Let's, but they're very... both hard candies. Hey, you're overruled. Two against one. What are you gonna do? You don't have a fourth member in here. Hey, the people, Holy on the, Spirit. The people on the pod will will come behind me and say they're not. No. Watch, just watch. I guarantee watermelon <laughs> is never gonna make number no. one. No, no, never. It's so refreshing though. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's okay, bud. I'm just. Why are you so defensive? I love sucking on Jolly Ranchers and drinking water. I'm trying to die on that okay. hill, man. You don't die on that hill, buddy. There's some hills you want to die on, but not that one. Watermelon Jolly Rancher. Yeah. Not a good choice. It's okay, right. though. My last one is uh, mittens. <laughs> what? <laughs> mittens? <laughs> this is, is this why your grade in my class is a little low? You sit no, hey, around whoa. thinking about this. You're like, all right. Next, next podcast. Mittens. Mittens. Not listening. Mittens. What do they taste like? Like stuffing. 
on Thanksgiving. Stuffing. Just very like. I've never seen a new pair of mittens. So I, I think of like something old, old fashioned, you know, like potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> like mashed, just some mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Without great, just like mashed potatoes. Just straight up. Well, it's, doesn't, doesn't stuffing have potatoes in it? No. Right? Well, maybe. <laughs> Isn't it just bread? Not, not stovetop from the box. Oh, That's yeah, what we buy. Yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah. of the cheap stuff. That's you must have like. You guys are making this really cool stuff. We Ruby makes. Oh, Ruby! She's got to have. Her she own made life. the salmon bowls again. Oh, you didn't like. You don't like salmon, but oh. I like salmon. I've been to Alaska. Salmon, <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so ironic in some sense because what Christian school teacher gets to travel all over the world? So, like, it's just a shout out to God. He he knew that I was an adventurer and I couldn't sit still and I wanted to see the world. And I had these grand plans of how to get there and make this money and go do that. And God goes, no, I'm going to totally rewrite that. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be totally disappointed <laughs> when I tell you what you're going to do because all your dreams are shattered. And then I find myself, I'm in South Africa watching a sunrise going, how in the world did I get here? It's like, God's just good. When God is him. just good. That's so, crazy. That is yeah, crazy. it's pretty cool. If I ever go to Africa pretty and cool. see them and just sing. That's good. It might have been a copyright, but that's okay. What's what's uh? What are some show how great God is themes. in thirty seconds? So maybe just I'll start with a with a background theological framework here, which sounds really odd because you just start with like when I was four, I was in. No, I like the framework. So I'm a big Tolkien fan, mm-hmm. and it I just I I had Fellowship of the Ring with me when I walked in, and I thought, <laughs> how can I wiggle this in here? So here we go. Oh boy. <laughs> so. One of the things I love about Tolkien, in addition to storytelling, and that he creates a full language before he writes stories. No, are you really going to eat while I'm telling my story of the gospel? It'll be it'll be silent. How can it's not going to be silent? Sh- Go ahead, try. We <laughs> everyone can hear you chewing. Oh my goodness! Uh oh! No! Cover your ears! Cover your ears! <laughs> Okay, keep going. This is the lunch podcast. Anyway, I was rudely interrupted by ham sandwich chewer over here. Mm. Is there mustard on or mayo on that? Nothing. If you say Ew. plain, we need a new host. Yeah, what is this? Let's Watermelon Jolly Ranchers and plain sandwiches. That's not even ham. That's turkey. <laughs> I don't even know. We need to get we got some seasoning on the outside of that. We need to get Lydia or Nana or somebody to take over here. Okay. Literally. Anyway. <laughs> Back to this Tolkien. <clears throat> Tolkien always interweaves in his story the idea of providence, that God is governing the universe, but also specifically governing his people. Of course, you guys are budding theologians. You know providence literally <laughs> means God for us. And so I, I just love that he really discreetly and sometimes clandestinely, it's the second time I've used that word in this podcast, I'm probably done with that, just weaves this theme in there. And he, he often does it in really nondescript ways. But I, I just love it that um, Tolkien believes firmly in the providence, the overarching goodness and governance of God. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'll read this in here. Do it. This. There's a point here where the ring, I don't know if you guys know Lord of the Rings. Okay. I, I dabble. You Okay. <laughs> You know a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm catching. Okay. I'm catching what you're saying. So anyway, Gandalf and Frodo are discussing the ring and all of that. I'm not going to kind of get into all that, but 
we'll just try to throw this in here before I share my testimony. Um, Gandalf says, it is no laughing matter, not for you. It was the strangest event in the whole history of the ring so far. Bilbo's arrival just at the right time and putting his hand on the ring blindly in the dark. There was more than one power at work, Frodo. The ring was trying to get back to its master. It had slipped from Isildur's hand and betrayed him. Then when a chance came, it caught poor Deagle, and he was murdered, and after that, Gollum, and it had devoured him. It could make no further use of him. He was too small and mean, and as long as it stayed with him, he would never leave his deep pool again. So now, when its master was awake once more and sending out his dark thought for Mirkwood, it abandoned Gollum, only to be picked up by the most unlikely person imaginable, Bilbo from the Shire. Okay, check this out. Behind that, there was something else at work beyond any design of the Ringmaker. I can put it no plainer than by saying that Bilbo was meant to find the ring and not by its maker, in which case you also were meant to have it. And that may be an encouraging thought. So anyway, Tolkien is telling us, as you guys well know, because you read Tolkien, mm -hmm. in his theology that there's another force at work and it wasn't Sauron, the ring maker, uh, what he was doing, what he desired in its power, this was something greater than it. And so when Bilbo finds the ring initially, he was meant to find it. It wasn't chance. It didn't just happen. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't good luck. In fact, Tolkien will use this phrase all the time. He'll almost put it in air quotes, like it seemed like luck or he happened to. And Tolkien, when he's writing it, <clears throat> I would think is almost like snickering as he writes this because the the adept reader, the observant reader goes, I know it's not luck. I know it's not chance. It's not, nothing's an accident in this. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I, I wanted to first weave Tolkien into my testimony. I didn't know how that was going to happen, it. but there we go. Okay. So anyway, Boom. my story is very similar. I didn't find a ring. I didn't have the Nazgul chasing me around on horses and I didn't see this, the eye and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I looking now at my story, which is continuing, <clears throat> I can look back even in childhood and know that there was another power at work in my life. Nothing was accidental. I believe in God's providence. Personally, theologically, I believe that God was at work in my life before birth, mm -hmm. orchestrating things, scripting things. Um, and so I didn't know it at the time. Of course, when you're eight or when you're 14, you may not understand that. But God was very involved, even in the dark things and even in the tragic things and even in the things that I did that wasn't really part of his will, that he was he was aware of that, he was using that and scripting that. So, but anyway, um, so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, interestingly enough, right before I was born, my father became a Christian. He had been <clears throat> kind of a brawler, military guy, brawler, mm -hmm. alcoholic, just like hardcore pagan and just godless. And he became a Christian, the I think it was the year before I was born. Wow. And he was like, a new creature, you know, mm. you know, that language he literally was. And I could tell you lots of stories, um, some funny, some kind of sad about just the transformation in his life. And mm -hmm. I mean, he went from being a hardcore alcoholic to just not being interested in it at all, really overnight, which is rare, but it was just strange stuff. 
as a result of that, he had been kind of like immersed in the world and it's lust of the eyes, pride of life, lust of the flesh, all that stuff. And so he wanted to, he wanted to move as far away from the things of the world as possible. And, um, he wanted his family to move as far away from the things of the world as possible. Mm. <clears throat> so he couldn't become Amish. It wasn't pragmatic. So we became <laughs> kind of like Protestant Amish. And so he, he got, and I didn't know this cause I wasn't born, but he got rid of the television. He got rid of just basically any contact with just kind of some of the messages and trappings of the world. And so I'm born into this context of brand new Christian, fiery, hardcore, let's go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I grew up in that. And so I was immersed in it at home. My dad did devotions with us every morning uh, before school. Me and my brother would sit down and even if we were late to school or if we rolled our eyes or gave him sass, he just didn't care. And he would read the text with us. And uh, so I was immersed in it at home. We had art all over about Jesus and music. We, we had a radio. That's all we had. And he would play this family Bible reading, fellowship kind of music and people reading the scriptures, King James all the time. And, mm-hmm. and then I'd go to church and he worked there. So I was there all the time, probably a lot like you guys growing up. You're just always there. Um, playing hide and seek in the church, uh, Saturday nights we would sneak in and they had the baptismal filled up and we would do cannonballs in it. And <laughs> actually, oh yeah, I, That's there's awesome. so many crazy stories. <laughs> uh, I, you know, we had revival services at our church periodically. Wow. So like a full week every night for three mm. hours, I would go to Christian camp and, you know, all, you know, the whole nine yards. So early I made a profession. I think it was, it was partly an understanding of the gospel and wanting to not be punished and experience and embrace life. But I think a lot of it was probably cultural assimilation, just wanting Mm -hmm. to belong here. And I had to kind of do certain things to be accepted and receive the rewards of the Christian community, whether that's my own family or friends or teachers or people I wanted to please and fit in with. So I think that was a big part of it too. So I made, you know, the profession, I think I was probably four and, you know, I got a precious moments Bible or whatever, the, <laughs> whatever it was. And they wrote, you know, the, the, the day and the time you accepted Christ and, <clears throat> and I went merrily on my way. But, uh, over the years, just a lot of, a lot of difficulty, a lot of, um, sins and anyway, long story short, the fruit that I realized probably when, I don't know when I was first mindful of my own sin and that I'm trying to, I'm trying to reconcile my profession with my lifestyle. Maybe I was 11, 12, somewhere in there, um, started being more cognizant of who I was and, you know, what my profession was and hear and starting to hear messages and hear my, my father say things. And I, there was, it was just kind of tumultuous. There was a lot of conflict in me. So I just kind of buried that. And at times when I had to face that out of fear of death or a revival speaker who's yelling, mm-hmm. you know, I would just repray and repray and repray. And it just never seemed to work. So anyway, uh, I started probably at 14, 13, 14, 15, reaping some of those flesh seeds and seeds of sin and started developing habits and addictions and some really traumatic, hardcore things. Um, probably in a human sense, based on some of the decisions I was making and what I was doing as a result, <clears throat> I probably should have died or maybe I probably 
quickly could have transitioned to some some prison time and things like that. Just it was really dark and making mm-hmm. some really bad decisions. And I think I'm 16 and <clears throat> and it got really dark and just some really sad decisions that I was making that um, I th- I'm sure the devil was behind that too. My flesh working together just is, is really tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I thought something has to give here. <clears throat> if this is Christianity, I'm going to, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's kind of hopeless if this is what it looks like to be saved. Maybe I'm not doing the right thing, or I, but I don't know what else to do. I've prayed thousands of times and I know all the theology. Or I just need to abandon all this stuff and stop running into a wall. So it was during that period that <clears throat> God started working in my heart through some through some tragedies, uh, self-inflicted tragedies and bad decisions. And, you know, looking back, it was Christ calling me in love to himself and uh, maybe reteaching me or maybe teaching me for the first time what the gospel really was. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I mean, looking at it now, I think those that was the <clears throat> the process or the instant of regeneration in my heart, and I I wasn't blind anymore. I was alive, and I was glad, and um, I was saved then. So at seventeen, I was a junior in high school, and 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 stuff really started radically changing in my life. Not all immediately, and I didn't you know continue making perfect decisions after that, but. Addictions mm-hmm. were starting to be broken. I was see, seeing clearly I had power inside of me and saying no to sin and, and some of those pretty heavy addictions and associations I had and habits and God started freeing me from that and the gospel just kind of came alive. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, 17 junior in high school, I had to totally restart with friends and um, thinking patterns and habits. So mm-hmm. I started reading the word and, and so then I graduated and... <clears throat> Went to South America. My parents sent me to South America for six weeks. They're like, we wow. think this is going to be good for you. You're a Jesus person now. I was talking about missions, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be a missionary. I was just, like, tinkering with the idea. Like, I think it would be cool to, to go overseas. And yeah. I was an adventurer, and I wanted to do great things. And I heard the stories of Livingston and Judson and Jim Elliott. And I was like, this would be cool. And they're like, all right, we're sending you to South America. And I'm like, wait, what? What? <laughs> like, yeah. So, yeah, I was 18. I went to South America for six weeks. And... I, I spent a couple months with a missionary and through that and the reading of the book through gates of splendor, um, by Elizabeth Elliot about her husband who died, God just set me on fire. And so then I just said to him, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like, I'm ready. I'm, I think this is going to be awesome. I'm ready for a big adventure. You know, whether I live a shorter period of time like Jim Elliot or a long period of time, I'm all in, let's do this. Where do you want to send me? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I went to Bible college, enrolled in missions, and uh, the rest is history. Here I am. Wow. Not as a not missionary. <laughs> not as a missionary. Wow. Uh, teaching at a Christian school was, was God's plan, but that's that's how I was saved. Wow. That's interesting. <clears throat> so I've heard you say before also that like your friends really had an impact on kind of who you were growing up and stuff like that. What do you like... So most of the people listening are in high school or college. And I think that's something that like our generation is kind of blinded to of like who I'm around all the time. I'm going to start becoming like Mm -hmm. them. So just from like your experience and like being a teacher, you see all these different generations, but same age be around different people. How do you think that has an impact 
Yeah, I think I think friendships, uh, all, all these human relationships are gifts from God, um, and they're they're I, they're super powerful. Uh, it's like any of these gifts that God gives us, whatever it is, whether it's a friendship, <clears throat> whether it's coffee, whether it's making money or sex or whatever it is, these are gifts. But they so they can be used for good or they can be used for bad. So certainly, yeah, in high school, middle school and high school, I was developing friendships. Uh, A lot of them were just probably out of just commonality or desperation. And so I didn't really put a lot of thought into, you know, I I don't know how many 10-year-olds go, I'm going to go to school this year (laughs) and choose four friends that meet this criteria. It kind of just happens organically, maybe how you're Mm -hmm. wired or what you're looking for, and somebody fits that. And, uh, you know, I wish we could all start over and go, all right. I'm going to be deeply shaped by humans at this school. Which four should I pick? And I wish every, you know, everybody kind of thinks they, it would be great if they could do that. It just doesn't happen. But um, I'm sure there were some opportunities for me to establish some friendships with some, some better kids. But yeah, I gravitated. It was probably because I was, I was a really an unbeliever. I was unregenerated. I was, mm-hmm. I was living according to the flesh. So I gravitated towards fleshly people. And, uh, but yeah, they, they certainly had a, they, they were a shaping agent, uh, for the, I think for the devil and the flesh to continue, uh, pointing me towards, you know, my fleshly cravings, but I became, I don't know if I always became just like them, but <clears throat> the kind of people that I was hanging around echoed what my flesh was telling me. So it mm-hmm. was kind of like a win-win for the flesh and, and but on the other hand, you know, moving, there were some high school guys that were, I think God was trying to use them in my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had one friend, I, I can remember in four years of high school of all my classmates, of all my friends, I only had one person, one guy ever asked me how I was doing spiritually. And this is a Christian school youth group. We're all together all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was surrounded by people who wouldn't talk like that. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just don't bring up spiritual things unless you're in a small group and you have to, or you have to do the token prayer requests at church or something. But for whatever reason, spiritual dialogue was just totally absent, even though we all claim to be Christians. It was just mm-hmm. largely missing. Um, but I did have one guy once just ask me that. He's like, how are you doing spiritually? And I, I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, because I, yeah, I was given a ride home. He's like, well, the music you're listening to seems to indicate you're having some spiritual struggles. I was like, who are you, dad? <laughs> what? <laughs> so there were people like that. And looking yeah. back, you know, I, I kind of wish I would have seen that as true love and friendship and mm-hmm. what, what would things have been different? You know, how would they have been different had I chosen better friends? But, um, but college was after, you know, and I didn't become a Christian until I was 17. So then I started making different friendships, which was extremely hard. Mm-hmm. It was a little late in the game, but I started making different friendships, <clears throat> which was sad because there weren't a lot of guys in my class who were very verbal about their faith. So it was like, well, who do I pick? There's mm-hmm. not a whole lot of guys left now that I'm a Christian, which is sad too for some Christian schools that you know, the majority aren't really Christ followers or passionate. That's mm-hmm. one of the reasons here where we really work hard at creating a, uh, a a Jesus culture. But college was awesome. I just was like waiting for good friends, and there they were, and it was just like it's like this is what I've been missing all these years. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about faith and praying together and challenging each other and it was really great, but yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, friends are formational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I've been trying to work on that of being like, "How are you doing spiritually?" 
Because, like, the first time is the hardest time. Yeah. Of just, like, breaking the ice and being, like... Like, some friends, like, that's just... You've never, yeah, talked about that before. Yeah. And, yeah. I think I had to learn that. Yeah. I think God placed me in an environment where that should have been practiced. And that was... That's the home. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. God gives us those things uh, as siblings to practice and, and do. So, you know... I don't know if a lot of people think they need to start at school with their friendships. You, I think you start at home having spiritual dialogue with your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's not much use in trying to create that outside of the home um, unless you can create it at home. So parents are placed there in a role where dialogue is encouraged, and it's probably more valuable in that context because mm-hmm. they're wise uh, to have dialogue with them. And yeah. then after that, that's working in your life. You you pass that down to siblings, so you're discipling them and you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. So if you've already practiced that as kind of part of your DNA outside of the home, then it's it's pretty organic and natural. I, I do this at home all the time. I talk to my parents and we talk to each other about spiritual things. And I talk to my siblings and I pray with them. And you know, Ruby, how are you doing spiritually? Or Bennett, can I pray with you tonight? And so, and then I leave the home and it's just kind of who I am. And I've been practicing it. It's not odd. And so. Mm-hmm course if you say that to a friend hey you want to pray together they may look at you in a squirrely way because they're not doing that at home but Mm -hmm. that's kind of i think god's original design for that is spiritual formation begins in the home Mm -hmm. i know it sounds kind of like old-fashioned but god's kind of old-fashioned so yeah it's true i think that's how he designs it so for for a long time yeah for those people listening to the pyp here i'd just say god's already created this whole thing for you practice at home with your parents practice it with siblings and then let it work itself out outside of that. Yeah, it's good. Did you ever have um, a full beard? Did you ever try to grow, like, I was, just grow a massive beard out? Dude, I, I have had it all. I, I was there a when you... beard. I've done the stash. I've done clean shaven. I've grown my hair out. I've, I, I just had remember a during quarantine. You had a mohawk? I had you an earring. Should... I, I just... He, what? Yeah, you a, need to send us a picture, and then for, like... <laughs> The, do you have a picture of the podcast Mohawk? episode? We'll just have that I be do. the picture. I do. I do have a photo of all these. Things. Send it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, send it, girl, but you're not a girl. <laughs> I, just like not, I was singing Whitney's I'm Every Woman, but I probably well, can't, there you go. I shouldn't do that on a church podcast. Oh, we that had a music a episode. I'm every woman. I don't know that song. Oh, Whitney? <laughs> Whitney Houston? Sorry. I know who Whitney Houston is. I've just oh. never heard that song. She goes by Whitney. We just call her Whitney. Oh, just call her Whitney. People, when I listen to podcasts, people talk about the national anthems and stuff. And they're like, Whitney Houston's national anthem number one. But I don't think I was alive for it. So I'm like, oh. Yeah, it was like during the Persian Gulf War or something. Like patriotism was like really like popping. Uh-huh. She got up and sang that thing. And the it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty great. Just erupted. Yeah. I, I just I remember I the Fergie one. Fergie. When it was it was so bad. Do you remember the Fergie? No. National anthem and like the, it's pants to the basketball players and like oh, Steph Curry it, yeah. is like laughing and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. funny. Gotta get my aqua. Alright, we'll dive into the next. I know, I can't prayer. think of a question. Sorry. My brain is not working today. Man. Alright, here we go. Wait, can I ask it then? Sure, yeah. You can. Wait, but what, how do I start it? Just be like so, I don't know. So, prayer. <laughs> good segue. What's your opinion on prayer? Is it worth it? Prayer, good or bad? 
You can just say like so, from experience. You can talk about the PPT. So when I was in high school, you did this thing called. Uh, <laughs> you really seemed to value prayer. Like what? <laughs> like what? Okay. I thought I thought you guys would like start with just be like, why is prayer so stinking hard? Like oh, you could talk about your prayer journal. I oh, that's what I, I was thinking about that. You could talk. Sorry, I'm doing oh this goodness. prayer journal. I. Yeah, I should I should do that. I but the thing is, my prayer journal doesn't look like a like it just looks like a like a little diary, and so sometimes <laughs> like I had some friends over at my house, and one of them just like started opening it and reading it, and oh. I was like, oh, those are like my <laughs> like I mean I guess it's fine, but like some prayer requests, I'm like that's kind of awkward. If you see that, yeah, very vulnerable. I know. I was like, like you eating that beef stick while you're talking. No, for real. <laughs> so. Rude. Do you have a normal segment on prayer or is this just unique because no. I'm here? We just thought to talk. We haven't talked about it, but oh my goodness. Can I can hear, hear that? that. We, well, we could just tie it into school here. I mean, <clears throat> so uh, probably a, a lot of people listening don't know this, but um, the story of the school is, is like pretty much any great story. It has both sadness and tragedy and mm. glory and joy and that's what makes good story but uh, the story of grandview contains both but anyway um i first started teaching here and then that school dissolved uh in tragedy and god by his mercy decided that he was going to let it continue and i think he was saying but have you learned some lessons through this and I think when Dr. Weatherly and I and some others were talking about the, the new school, rebranding it or restarting it, whatever you want to call it, what lessons do we need to learn and implement? Mm -hmm. and, and one of the things we talked about um, was we need to make sure that we're a school that really works hard at, from an adult perspective, really works hard at relationships over policy and programming. And sometimes an organization gets away from that. You're, you're, you're mm -hmm. so invested and eager to perfect everything and make sure everything runs smoothly. And you start growing in that and getting better. But sometimes in the process, you get bogged down in the programming and you, people kind of the needs of people and, and creating a culture of love kind of no one admits it, but it's kind of lost. Mm -hmm. People kind of come and go and their needs aren't met. And so I remember we were talk, we would talk and pray, like, how do we, recreate a school where we genuinely care about people like what should we do what does this look like and then another big thing that we talked about was and this was probably a self-admission over the years at the other school prayer had become a, I mean it was a priority and but it was more of a formality and it, it really didn't seem organic it didn't mm -hmm. seem like it was part of our identity and maybe you guys feel like this sometimes as a Christian Prayer is something I do. It's not part of who I am. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's, why do we pray before we eat? Like, we yeah. just kind of do it, you know? Yeah. Kinda like it, that it's part of something we do uh, out of, you know, the brain exercising, you know, its will rather than us just oozing. This is just part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And um, so I do remember that we would have talks about we need to make sure that that grand view is a place of prayer. And uh, so we began doing that and creating some opportunities for us to grow in prayer and then lead students to grow in prayer. And, and so we have been trying to work on that and, and hopefully in classrooms, faculty members are doing the same thing and we're gathering people together to pray. And 
before classes. I know I'm trying to teach about prayer and talk about prayer and model prayer. So um, we, we often say here, it sounds kind of like campy, but prayer is not peripheral. And, and I think everybody's like a, every Christian is a bobblehead on that. Like, yeah, we know. Mm -hmm. Um, but whether privately or public publicly prayer can't be peripheral, can't be marginal. It has to be prominent, prestigious and preeminent. And so, you know, talking about it is a great way to do that too. And so I, I I think the more that an individual or an organization that's centered on Christ talks about prayer and focuses on it and redirects, I think health it, there, there's a lot of health tied to that, yeah. But it's, but it is hard. It's super hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say reading the scriptures or sharing my faith; those are hard things. Um, choosing to love somebody who's wounded me; those are super hard things. But I, in my life, the hardest thing I've ever done, I think it's because the flesh and the evil one want to per, to stop that the most. Prayer is just; it's always just continues to be the hardest thing. You can create momentum. You can learn things. You can place things around you to help, but it is it is just a really hard thing. And all the great Christians who have been good at prayer would echo that that mm-hmm. that it's hard. And I but I think that that lends to the the realization, the understanding of why it's so powerful and beautiful mm-hmm. is because it's hard. The hardest things are t- they tend to be the best things. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. One of the biggest things I learned is that, like. The disciples prayed for a long time. Like, Jesus would teach them to do that. And like I said the other day, like, C.S. Lewis would, like, purposely, like, he'd prioritize prayer so much that he would get to work early and just pray for hours. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like, before I go to bed, I can't even pray for, like, five minutes. Yeah. You know? And, like, obviously, we need to start somewhere. But, yeah. And, like, I think last week I shared that I've been trying to work on walkie-talkie prayer. Of just like yeah, wherever I'm going. And I've like, I've done that a couple times. Like when I like, we had like an open gym and I was like, just I want to have a gospel centered focus on, on, on going to play basketball, you know? And so I did that and like, <clears throat> I could just like feel that there was a higher purpose than just playing basketball. Like the things that I was doing and the conversations we were having like I wanted to have a, a more intensive purpose and I didn't see the fruit of that like right away. But because of that, I've been having more conversations with the basketball guys and just like, like I'll talk to them here in 30 minutes, you know, just like, like we're starting to get into the weeds of like, what do we believe and, and stuff like that. And it's just like, like every time I talk to some something related to basketball, like I get that walkie-talkie prayer of just like, all right, God, you're giving me this this opportunity right now. Just make help me make the most of it. Like, use me mm-hmm. during this. And it's just like, like when you have that perspective, it just like, it can just blow you away. Well, and that's good because that's something that like, basketball is something that you have pretty much every day. Yeah. Like it's something that it you wouldn't really think of to incorporate. Because when your life is so busy and you just, yeah. but that's good that that, that type of stuff like pops in your head. Because for me, I have... I mean, I don't really have a sport or like, I'm not very, you know, I just have DMAC. Right. And then that's, but I have like a lot of organized, but I've realized that. So I work at, I have, most people know I work at a cat store called Smitten Kitten, but, um, I've been trying to do the same thing about just like walking into work, like as I'm putting in the door code, just being like, God, uh-huh. like if you can use me today, like 
because none of my none of the people I work with are saved. Um, uh-huh. And they are like they always ask questions to me because they're like, your family is just so kind to us. Like you guys always host things. And so I just like at first I was a little scared to like share the gospel with them because I mean, I didn't really know them that well, but I've been slowly trying to like talk to them about that and just working in customer service in itself. Like just being kind to people and being like, God, can you like use me through this? Cause we have, I mean, customers that come in regularly and Mm -hmm. you know, I've actually like, by talking to customers, I've realized some of them are Christians and then it's just really nice to like build that. I don't know if that's really, I mean, it is connected to prayer, but I was just like, anyone can find something that they have in their life that they can, you know, use Mm -hmm. it to like spread the gospel or anything like that. So So proud of you guys. I really am. Thanks. I've seen so much growth in you guys. Wish I could have failed you. So you could have stayed at school. (laughs) I know. But Ruby needs, just, you know, she just needs to make her own decisions yeah. and it's kind of hard, but I know. you gotta, you gotta let, let them go. Let them go. You gotta go do let your go. thing. Like yep. And Noah's gotta graduate here and let Asher keep going. He's going to take over. He's a good guy too. I'm doing all these shout outs. I know. We're going to have a lot of shout outs. Shout outs. On the, on, the, on the Instagram page. Oh yeah. I have yeah. to remember that. Yeah. Shout out if you're listening. Who? Me and Nyla said she was going to listen because I was. Oh, <gasps> no way. And I feel bad Shout now that I said me. that, that she might have not listened. If Oh, it's chill. It's just you guys. Oh, it's chill. Shout out to mom because she gave me a look before I came in here. And she was like, are you doing? I'm like, yeah. So a little shout out to Let's mom. Go. People don't know who that is. I know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> shout out to no, mom. No, she was on. Oh, yeah, mom. but they don't know. Do, uh, do they know her name is mom? Oh, no. No, they don't. It's know. okay. They don't need to know. It's a secret. It's a secret. Um, shout out to Winnie. He goes to Sailorville. Oh, yes, Winnie. I went to Sailorville Youth this past Wednesday, and I got to meet Winnie for the first time really? like, in person, and it was amazing. That's cool. It was, yeah. He I was love like, Sailorville. It's a good place. A lot of good people there. The, the Warshams. I love Warshams. Jude and Elias. Jude's been on. Jude, Jude's, Jude's been, been on? Yeah, he talked about, about missions. missions. No kidding. You should listen to it. Oh. It was really, that was, that's one of my top. Oh, yeah. He might be going podcast. to uh, Thailand. Did he talk about that? He, yeah, he it was uh, for France. Inter- yeah, oh, well, now like it's that. Thailand, man. Yeah. <laughs> God's just changing things. He's like, now let's go over here, Asia. We're just going to do a tour of the world. That's cool. All right, so our final question, Clara. So we have a question that we ask at the end of every podcast. Okay. And that question is, what's, what's your, your favorite park? park? Get it? Because it's like. It's the park, park youth, youth podcast. podcast. Come on. So Come on. Here. Like, it could be... Ne- you guys should have some cool music at when you ask that. Oh, that's we should. That's a pretty awesome... Yeah, just copyright that. What's my favorite park? We've done, like, playground parks, or we've done, like, national parks. Okay, like, so obvious. Okay, what is it? I mean, there's two, and they kind of tie, but... Well, there's three, but then we're driving. Oh, now we're going. I mean... Top 100. Denali National Park... Is probably the best. Number That's one. No- oh, can I do three? You can do three. Zion National mm. Park Man. is two, two. I don't know about the order. Two. And then Yellowstone. Uh, Yellowstone is just like, it's a different world. It's like Narnia or something. It's just like, wait, this isn't America, is it? Is this, is this so- real? It, it's so odd. It's so strange. Have you guys been there? No, I no. haven't. Oh, my goodness. Of course, Zion is too. It's just I've the, been to Zion. Yeah, yeah. The the God's architecture in there is just oh beautiful goodness, and the colors. Crazy. But Denali, I mean, I'm an Alaska guy. Um, I love Alaska. I've been there a few times. If God ever wills, I'd like to 
teach at a Christian school in Alaska. So by the way, if there's anybody listening, <laughs> trying to hire a, hire a Christian school teacher who just teaches Bible because he's that's all he anybody, is. I don't think we have anybody listening from Alaska, okay. sadly. Or or the Netherlands. I love the ne- Netherlands too. <laughs> Netherlands. If you know of anybody there, shout out to whoever listens to the podcast from the Netherlands. Yeah, whoever you are, try to reach it out and find bot, us. That is so awesome. But if it is a bot, thank you for listening. <sighs> thank you. I came to your country to go to the Anne Frank house, and it was sold out for like five years. But dang, sorry, right. it's a great. Really? Country. Did you end up going? No, we went to the Ten Boom house, oh. which was amazing. Just blew my mind. All right. Well. Thanks for listening to the park. Now go leave your mark. Hey.